Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes surveyed the city and put a plan together to confront their shared adversary, Gadrin Lamb. With their catch of the day in hand, it's time to begin the confrontation they've been building toward. The Cursed Campaign continues now. Well, it has come to my attention that I might have a problem. So I've been kind of taking stock. We we really cleaned up our gaming studio the other week, and I was taking stock of all of the sets of dice that I have. And I think we calculated it at almost a grand worth of dice, which seems like far too much. And so then I bought another set of dice <laughs> because, because we're playing this game and I needed a set of dice. Mm-hmm. Well, you, for... you wanted to make sure you pushed yourself over a grand. Yes, that, that's exactly what <laughs> Just in case we weren't there already. So I'm starting to realize that uh, my dice goblin-ness is probably off the charts for the average gamer. And I wanted to, I wanted to kind of talk about what, what everybody's dice habits are. What's your setup? right now for me i'm rocking a set of dice that i bought specifically because we're playing curse of the crimson throne so it's red and gray and i have a set that's purple and gray because our logo is red and purple and gray and i had to buy a matching set and i have to play with more than one set i feel like i can't just play with one set i need to have a couple in front of me just in case a d20 stops rolling good just in case I roll two ones on the two D six, I need to, I need to switch it up. I need to rotate, freshen it up. You know, acceptance is the first part of the process that <laughs> yeah. you've got. But how did you only just now figure this out? I've been telling you for like years. I think it was when we set like <laughs> all of the metal sets up <laughs> on, on the mantelpiece. And I was just thinking to myself, Ooh, that's, ac- it looks great, but it's not a good look. <laughs> They look pretty. They're great in our photos, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a very nice display. There's a lot of diversity of colors and finishes up there. It's great. Yeah. Steve, what you got going on? Sure. So when I play virtually any role-playing game that we do, I like to have three sets of dice. Um, because I feel like that's a, a nice number where I'm not drowning in dice, but if I need to roll 2d6 or 3d8 or something. Three sets will do you for most of the things you need to do through probably like 10th level or something uh, in most games. So I've got three sets of dice, but I do have a whole bunch of other dice in front of me. I have specific dice that I like to use for our off pod uh, return of the rune lord game, our off pod slithering game. I have some specific dice for carrying crown on our other show. I have lots of specific sets that go with specific characters and I rotate out the three sets with what game we're playing. See, now you're starting to spiral into a similar problem yeah. that I have. Like you, you, you started that off strong. Mm-hmm. I have three sets of dice. I think three sets of dice is a nice number. And then you, ju- what you just explained is that, well, I have 12 other sets right. in front of me. <laughs> let me, let me I, I guess, I guess these are active and passive. Dice. Active and passive. <laughs> I actively use three sets of dice at a time, but I change them out with passive dice. 
dice uh, that are sitting here doing nothing when I'm not playing that specific game. My passive dice roster is extensive. <laughs> Absolutely. And the the dice on the mantle is like kind of just the start because I know we also have like bags of polymers and stuff. Well, like, and, and Haley and I made dice for a while. We, we still can make mm-hmm. dice, but we made custom dice. So I have like six sets of just custom resin dice that I made. It's too much, man. Too much. Too much. Chris, what's your setup over there? Yeah, so when I'm playing in games, normally like our off-pod return game, I've got like a a pretty consistent set of three dice that I think I'll always be using as a player. I've got the amazing bird point dice that you printed out for me that are my main go-tos all the time when I'm a player. I've also got this nice, these nice metal black and white sets of dice that are just, I just pull from those whenever I need to roll extra die. What I found in playing games with you guys, though, like actual podcast games, is that I can generally get a unique set of dice for every character that i play basically um so i find myself with a full set and then a couple extra extraneous dice depending on what i think i'll need for that character and i'm so excited to play today because i just got the dice that i've selected for diego's character and they are amazing uh they're the diehard dice harms and harmony they're like this blend of red and like mint green metal dice and uh the d12 has an axe on it so this was built oh it's like the barbarian d12 i love that yes okay Haley, what you rocking so i usually have two to four sets out per session you're gonna get rotational too (laughs) i say per session because i do pick a solid set when i start playing a character I pick a solid set of three that I feel represent the character to the best of my ability. From there, as the character evolves and changes, sometimes I need to add in a set here and there. So sometimes that means if my character has had a significant life-changing event, I do like to go through my either pile of dice that I've already purchased, because I have a pile, and uh, or your pile of dice, because I borrow... And I will pick another one that seems to match that character's uh, life event. And I will use that for a while if it's a temporary event. Sometimes it'll get rotated in and out. Or if it's now a part of the new core. And then maybe something else that was originally picked up for that character gets replaced because that's this life event's changed them so significantly. So I'm really focused on a lot of that. Which means my dice do change uh, based on what's going on. And it does, but I always have two to four out. So right now I have three out. I have a set of matte gold uh, with a deep green inlay. And then I have a set of shiny gold with a white inlay. And then I have a... Which the white is to represent how, how good she is and to remind me that she's a good character. Yeah. Need uh, that reminder. The green is for the net, again, some of the druid natural stuff. And then I do have a set of uh, dice that are made from a um, stone, actually, again, for the natural element. Oh, I was going to say, do you have black and white dice for Figgy? No, I don't. Well, that seems like a misstep. But the natural dice actually are black and white. <laughs> But yeah. Emily, what you working with? I like to have my dice themed based on the character that I'm playing. As I level up, I tend to add more sets of dice to that. So 
Right now, I only have two sets of dice for Sylvie. They are both uh, split colored, so black and blue or gray and white. And as we progress, I'll probably pick up another set when I start need to be rolling more dice. What I really love about some of the stuff that I've noticed Emily does over my years of playing with her is not just the dice are thematic to her character, but whatever she's holding her dice in is usually thematic to her character. Yes, it is. So for Sylvie, I have a ceramic bowl that is half white, half black. For Freya, who is a cleric and she's very connected with mothers and children, I have a flower. She's a cleric of Erastel. Oh, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say like a baby sock. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, or a diaper. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. No, it's it's a flower, kind of uh, inspired. The colors are inspired by baby's breath because it's white and green. And I have a Sahedrin rune uh, dice bag for my rune lord's dice. I have an octopus dice bag uh, that I keep my more like monstrous dice in. <laughs> so I, I like to have my dice containers also themed for the character. So nobody doesn't go way too hard in the dice here. Everybody's got like some kind of a problem, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Everyone's really chill about dice here. Definitely <laughs> nothing going on. Chris is probably the chillest with the least amount of sets. Yes. I think that's fair, but Chris also gets very militant about the dice that he has. <laughs> I am superstitious about my dice. Yeah. I, right now, have not rolled the D20 in this new set yet because I'm worried that if I pre-roll before... I actually roll dice. <laughs> I'm gonna roll just as poor as I have been in the past. What are you, oh, I, what are you gonna do? Kind of if, mm-hmm. What are you gonna do if this new set sucks? I have no idea. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're gonna hear him break down the, on air. The slightest idea of what I will do. <laughs> well, guys, before we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, I do want to talk about something we're doing with our patrons. Uh, We have a Patreon, we have patrons, uh, and they all are able to submit little blurbs, little shout outs for hero points. And right now, I'd like to give out my first hero point to Chris. Oh, Diego uh, was pretty much the star of the show during this uh, and then took the brunt of all of the damage and everything else for this jigsaw shark catching event Mm. and for that i think you deserve a hero point wonderful so our first sponsored hero point of the campaign comes from ellie and it says it's fine really i mean it'll work out in the end i've heard the boneyard is nice this time of year (laughs) 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 that's a little foreboding Ellie, thank you, I think. (laughs) So if you want to get a shout out on the show and leave us a message, we're doing this at the $2 tier on our Patreon. So join in. Uh, You can leave a message for someone in particular, or you can put your response in the hero point to anyone poll, and then we'll just draw it it when there's not an individual one or when we feel like pulling from any. And Try as best you can as not to make them like foreboding or scary or stuff, because that'll just freak <laughs> us out like that one just did. <laughs> on that note, we find our heroes on Eel's End. They had just 
done battle with a jigsaw shark that they pulled up from the depths. And now you have this dead jigsaw shark. Mirror slashed its throat to end its suffering. And you're wounded. You're probably tired. It's nighttime now. And the crowd kind of starts to disperse. DeVargo comes up to you, sees that you you guys are, if not a little worse for the wear, at least okay, and sees that you're in Mir's good hands. He trusts her. Well, that was a... I mean, it, 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 it was a moneymaker. If you ever want to come back and catch one of the sharks, we'll, you know, we'll make another show of it. But I, I guess I appreciate it, or at least we're even. If you're not hanging out here, have a good night. And he'll stroll back to his ship. Mirror, I am in great pain. <laughs> he looks down, and Diego has this long, jagged gash on his leg, and maybe per- perchance a few jigsaw teeth yeah, sticking out of it. Actually, <laughs> as, as you look at the wound, you see there's a couple that have ripped off, and you have to pull them out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you without also making it worse? I think it may have to be worse, get worse before it gets better, but uh, I I trust your your steady hands over mine. It's always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> With that, Mir's going to take the war razor, she just slice the throat. Clean it off, right? Yeah, wipe it off and try to help cut out all of these, uh, any teeth that are left in to help you. I will be performing some risky surgery. All right. Give me a medicine check. Well, 20. 20. That succeeds. I assume you were targeting a 15. Yep, I was targeting a 15. Um, I do need to do some damage. Yeah, you got to do some damage, but it is a critical success on the healing because it's risky surgery. What are, the, what are the numbers here? Give, give me the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't take Diego unconscious. Um, three points of of hurt. Okay. And then. And then it's what two nor two d eight normally to heal, but you always do four if you succeed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so I, I hurt you, but it's it makes it much better. Yep. Yeah, those clumsy half work fingers <laughs> are pu- aren't pulling out the teeth gently. So then I will actually do twenty points of healing. I am. Absolutely back at full. That is perfect. <laughs> now imagine my surprise, Mir, when all I've known you for is a good haircut. Little did I know you were skilled with the blade as well, taking my friend Diego here under the knife. Well, it is a razor. I'm, I'm not bad with a razor. You know that. Quite good with one, I'd say. Look at this jawline, all cleaned up. It's splattered with shark gore. <laughs> <laughs> shark and- Cat folk gore. So what are you guys doing now? It is nighttime, and I think the plan was to take this jigsaw shark to the mercantile building in the morning, early morning, so that you could make it seem like you were gonna you were you were one of the fishermen coming in and Yes, we will be four fisher people who show up ready to drop off. But I think tonight I don't, I mean, I would guess we could split our ways unless people live far away. I guess we could ask those questions. Yes, and the question is, Diego holds up the limp jigsaw shark. 
who wants to spend a night with this fellow here? He shakes it, <laughs> shakes it around a bit. <laughs> it's already started to smell. <laughs> uh, I've got someone waiting for me at home. They'd probably ask some pointed questions about why I'm bringing a jigsaw shark back with me. I'm going to pass unless I have to hold on to it. Sylvie, any uh, any takers? I do not think my roommate would appreciate the guests such as this in our room overnight. Mir looks down. She knows this is going to probably land on her. <laughs> Figgy's eyeing the shirt. Oh, no. Mir, can we trust Figgy not to tear into this while you're not looking? I guess I'll put it in the storage closet. That's the best thing I've got. Upon hearing storage closet, Figgy starts pawing at your key ring. Knock <laughs> 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 it off of your belt buckle. Clever boy. Can I need some extra worms? <laughs> I can't always take it back to my encampment. I was making light of the fact that we have a giant fish we have to take care of for now. Do you live far away? So we talked about this a little bit, Chris. I think you live in a settlement called Trails End because that's where most of the Shuanti in Corvosa live. It's outside of town. It's actually when you leave town across the the main bridge in and you have East Shore. It's past East Shore to the north. It's the last thing on the bank of the Jagari River before you start to get into wilderness again. Okay. And it's actually a settlement of both Shuanti and Varesians that practice the uh, the Desnan, the traditional Desnan way, the way of the traveler. And so they, uh, this is a big encampment for traveling Varesians. Well, I imagine the a fish such as this might be an interesting tale to the uh, the people that are staying around with me. So. I can take it back. But I guess that didn't answer. Is it, is it far from... It is far. Yes. Right. It's... You would be carrying this fish almost from end to end of town. Unless you took a boat from Endron Isle. That would be the shortcut, taking a boat from where you are across over to... Across the Jagari River to Trails okay. End, but... As it as it stands, you'd be crossing the Narrows of Saint Alika. That would put you in North Point. You would have to cross through North Point to get all the way through Midlands, and then you would have to cross Midlands to get to East Shore, and then you'd have to cross East Shore to get to Trails End. You got a subway though, right? I could just there, the, there's the, not the really stop. a subway. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> you know they say anywhere you are in Corvosa, it's 15 minutes somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, the Outer Belt. <laughs> Well, I mean, if, if don't think I want to lug a fish all that distance then, so maybe it is better if we store it somewhere. Yeah, so actually, that's not even where Mir's head was going as far as lugging the fish. She's she's resented to the fact that it's probably going to go to her shop. She's a little worried about you getting there bright and early in the morning if you're having to travel across half the city. That's her what her thought process was on asking if it was far away. Hmm. Yeah, I think you would know even without a society check. Corvos is a big city, mm-hmm. and when you're walking, it would be like walking from point to point in Manhattan to get to where you're trying to go. 
So because, because you're on a large island right now, you're on one side of the island. There's only two bridges, really two main bridges that cross over from that island. So you have to walk around the island, across the bridge, through the entire city, across another bridge, through another piece, uh, another neighborhood. It's it's a long walk. You could certainly do it, but I would say you probably, if you're trying to get up bright and early, aren't going to get your full eight hours. Mm. Yes, if the night is late as it is now, perhaps it is best if uh, I stay somewhere around here and sleep. Uh, know of any accommodations around here? I do have some coin I can pay my way. Plenty taverns and inns that I could point you in the right direction of. Any that would accommodate a Shawanti of my size. Accommodate all kinds here in old Corvosa. Fair enough. If you don't want to pay the money, I guess you could probably stay downstairs in my shop. I could set you up with some blankets and pillows. Not very comfortable, but it's free and, you know, no one's going to kick you out. Well, that would be awfully nice of you. I uh, I don't want to put you out of, uh, put you out or anything, but I would enjoy that. Probably been a long while since Figgy here has had a proper snuggle buddy, I assume. <laughs> I think your snuggle buddy is going to have to be the jigsaw shark. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Mir was taking that upstairs with her. No, that is going to be in my back room. All right, who's sleeping with the jigsaw shark? Which one of you guys? Neither. It's going to be in the back room. He's going to be in the open shop area. Uh, yeah, a random broom <laughs> is sleeping with it. Okay. So Mir and Diego would, you have the shortest journey. Uh, it's only yeah. like a block away to Blossom Way. The rest of you head to your homes, apartments, I guess. Is there anything any of you want to do this evening or should we enter on the morning? If we have to be there bright and early, I feel like we all need our rest at this point. Agreed. Yeah, Vec doesn't really want to do anything specific, but when he does get back to his apartment, he unrolls the painting of him that Trinia made earlier today and takes another look at it and says to himself, not bad work, not bad work at all. Starts to roll it back up as we fade away. Yeah, and as Mir's going up the stairs to her above, you know, above the barbershop, Apartment essentially, she would have given Diego all the sleeping arrangements. But right before going up the stairs, with a final note if you hear a knock on the door, don't answer it. It's not the nicest area. I'll hear it if it's someone we know. They'll ring the door and it'll go to my room. And then I need you to get out of the way. Hmm. Interesting. I think Diego would nod and just, just accept that. It's a strange thing, but. Who's he to? Who's the he free to place to stay. Yes. <laughs> and so morning comes. Bright and early, I assume you guys meet at the fishery, which you all know the directions to. You all approach a old mercantile building. On the front, a decrepit sign reads, Rebbe Mercantile as some of the letters have fallen off. But Vec, you recognize this as the Relby Mercantile building. Yeah, if we all get together, um, maybe Vec is one of the first to arrive there. 
and he's just kind of standing across the street looking sullen and pissed off and shaking his head at it. As you approach, the reek of brine and stink of wet, weak, dead fish hangs thickly in the air. Uh, you approach from the land, so you see an old double door, and again, this drooping signpost and kind of mismatched lettered sign. You think from your information gathering, at least the information gathering Vec did, that the main entrance for fishermen is actually around the side. There's a dock connected to the land here. And it seems that you could, uh, there's another double doors on that side. It seems like that's where the, the catch of the day is brought in. What do you do? I think we'd have to head towards the catch of the day area. Absolutely. Okay. You see a 15-foot-wide loading dock that abuts the side of the building here. A few carts sit nearby, partially loaded with large tar-caked barrels marked with fish-shaped splotches of red paint on the side. Double doors to the immediate south of the loading dock's ramp provide access to the building's interior, while a rickety flight of stairs descends 10 feet to a point just 3 feet over the river's surface, where a simple door provides a secondary entrance. All right, who's holding the fish? I'll hold the fish. All right, you got the fish. As we're walking up, Vec's going to lean over to the group. All right, huddle up real quick here. When we get in, let me do the talking. I'll get the fish sold. Hopefully we'll make some coin out of this arrangement. While I'm doing that, I need you all to be looking around, assessing the defenses and who's all there. Think you can do that? I will keep my eyes peeled. And she takes her cape and kind of rolls the top of it down so that she's no longer displaying her family crest. Nice Great smart. idea. <laughs> Very smart. What happens once we sell the fish? Are we trying to inquire further into, a, I don't know, a, another manager or something? I, That's a great question. Perhaps if we sell the fish, we can ask them if we could pursue a contract with their management or leadership or something and try to get further in. Right, we do got a good line here with our whole cat man fishing things out at Eel's End say that we're spinning up some sort of show and we could be bringing them fish on the regular. Could be a foot in the door. Let's... We'll have to see how it plays. We're gonna have to think on our feet quite a bit. We don't know what could come out. In well, if it all goes to hell, this guy's got a big old bludgeoning thing. We'll be fine. Talking to you, Diego. Yes, I... I got that. Cool. Well, shall we? I think we shall. You realize that the door is not locked. You open it and stink in this room. It's a mixture of fish and sweat. It's enough to make your eyes water. To the east, a large wooden trough holds a hideous mound of half-rancid fish, seaweed, and brine. Filthy river water and fish blood stain the floor around this trough. A pair of wooden chute sleeves from this trough through holes in the eastern wall into a larger room beyond. To the west, a desk and chair sit in one corner while a tall cabinet sits in the other. You see five children in here with pitchforks shoveling slop, and it looks like there's holes or tunnels uh, from this slop that go further into the building, and they're just like shoveling the slop down these holes, and 
you watch for a moment here. One of the children can't really get the uh, the slop through and dejectedly throws down their pitchfork and starts pushing it by hand, trying to clear the tunnel. Uh, these kids look in miserable shape. Make me a perception check. Okay. And these are just holes going straight down into the ground? They look like they go through a wall. Okay. okay. So it, it looks like they go deeper into the building, and you saw that there was a outside, the dock went down 10 feet, and there was another entrance. You assume maybe these are like chutes that it goes down? 27. I got a natural 20. 13. Sylvie's very distracted by these children. 7. 12. How'd you roll on those uh, brand new dice? Eight. Not bad. Not sure. okay. okay. Modest opener, not bad. Mir, you're the only one that notices this. One of the children gives, gave that child like a stern look. And then the child dropped their pitchfork and went to clean the stuff. Upon closer inspection, that doesn't look like a kid. Looks like a gnome, a halfling, something like that. Looks like they're trying to seem like a kid. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, do we want to... I think we want to continue to come off like we don't see that, obviously. I'm the only one who sees it, so... Yeah, if you give no indication, which is valid, I would just be like, hey, who's in charge here? Because we need to talk to somebody. Yep. If you want to start that route, what is going to do is she's going to focus all of her attention towards the children and try to watch without being too, like, you know... Too obvious that she's staring only at the um, gnome thing. Sure. So you ask who's in charge here. Morning, everybody. Got a catch of the day for you. Might I know who's leading this little operation so we can conduct some mercantile business? One of the kids croaks, Yargin, and points to the bell sitting on the desk in this room and gets back to business. Notably, that is the gnome. Hmm. All right. Beck rings the bell and just kind of leans up against the desk. You all hear this from the door that goes to the east. There's another door in this room that seems to continue on into another room in the building. Just excited barking. (laughs) And then uh, the sound of another door opens, the sound of Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. This dog is jumping up and down. And a man in this red velvet jacket that goes down to his knees with slicked back blonde hair and kind of like a a greasy complexion pushes the dog off of him as he slides through the door. You know that shuffle you do when you go through a door when a dog is jumping up on you and you don't want him to come through? He slides through the door and shuts it. Oh, hello. I see we have... He eyes the... The jigsaw shark. Quite the catch. Um, my name is Yargin. What can I do you for? Yargin, pleased to make your acquaintance. My name's Vicaris. Of course, you can call me Vec, though. Me and my friends here, we happened upon a catch of the day and thought, might that be grand for some dock dumplings? Mm. 
Mr. Vicarus. Yes, I think that we could make an arrangement with um, your jigsaw shark. They're not very meaty, you understand, but we have ways of breaking them down. What would you like for it? You're a fisherman now. You know the average prices on your wares. I may not be a fisherman by trade, but I know business. And by that, I mean I have mercantile lore. Sure, I'd like to roll over. <laughs> market price. Ask for market mm-hmm. price. Here we go. Mm. I don't know a ton about fishery with an 11. Would I be able to know whether or not they're scheming us or I mean scamming us out of the price if I did an underworld lore after I hear his price? Yeah, if he provides a price, I would also allow a society at a higher DC than the mercantile lore to know stuff. Mm. Okay. Unfortunately, you just missed it with the mercantile lore. You're racking your brain, but you it's been so long since you've actually seen a jigsaw shark for uh-huh. sale at re- or, or even cared to like look at the prices on a jigsaw shark at Reef Ball Run Market, you're not really sure. Uh, Vex, the whole plant's falling apart. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, uh, ooh, jeez. She is a big fellow here. I would probably put it at, what do you all think? Sylvie, what you think? Gonna roll that society. Nash, and he's just, like, talking. Now, she may not have a lot of meat on her bones, but I'm sure you guys could gut a grinder, whatever you need to do. Oh, to I thought you were talking down. about your associate. Well, she doesn't either. She's <laughs> quite wise. I wouldn't have you gut her, though. What you got? Thirteen. Thirteen. Society? Yes. Is enough to know that a jigsaw shark is not often sold for meat. However... As you guys experienced, they are a difficult combatant in the water, and so people actually boil their jaws and sell them. Uh, like people like to buy the the mm-hmm. bigger the bigger oh, the mouth, the decor. more it goes for as decoration, so they can be sold by like sold to tourists and that kind of thing. You would think, for the purposes of selling this one, it might go for like two silver. However this guy's shady and you kind of want to make a deal with him you might want to undercut that uh, alright so Sylvie points out to the, the jaws of the shark this one put up quite the fight for, with us it is a very strong and majestic animal I think we could part with it to a businessman such as yourself for a silver hmm one silver. Madam, do you know how much dock dumplings sell for? I do not partake in them very often. A three for a copper? This much meat on this? Well, I don't think we could make more than you're asking for selling them. Ah, but look at this powerful jaw and all of these sharp razor teeth in the bones. This is... could be quite the decoration. You're clearly coming to us because you know that we buy trash fish. I'm not in the business for, of boiling and bleaching teeth, madam. 
But you maybe know others that would take that off your hands for a press when you could also have the meat. Are you implying my time is not valuable to go out and find somebody to buy this off of me, boil it, bleach it, and sell it themselves? Oh, no, of course not. I figured you had uh, some underling to do that for I am a very busy man, and at a silver, you're wasting my limited time. At this point, I think if you wanted to roll a diplomacy to improve his mood, or, or if, like, Vec wanted to jump in and try and say something, or you wanted to change your price. I got, I got you. got you, Emily. Now, listen here, my mate. I understand you might not be in that business today, but it's not like Jaws and Teeth go bad, put it up on the shelf. Actually, I think it would look really good. Right up, tear down that old sign you got up on the front. Put up some sharp teeth. That's menacing. Ooh, dumb idea, as I was saying that with an 11. That's the stupidest thing I've heard today. (laughs) And I'm in the presence of children. No, we'll have it at three copper, or you can take it and be on your way. Please, can can Vec try to say, we'll, like, something around, we'll do it for three today, but we want to set up a long-term exchange. I will let Mir say that with a lore underworld. Ah, okay. Mm, okay. That's good. That's good. That's where I was. I thought you'd look for diplomacy, in which case I should not do that. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're putting that stuff together. Yeah. Like contracts and shit below board. That's lore underworld to me. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. We could take that price today, but we want to set up a long term deal. Go on. We have a contact. We can regularly get these, and we can regularly provide fish at a cheap price if you are regularly willing to take it. We can get as many jigsaw sharks as you're really looking for, and if you did want to get into that business, it'd be a cheap way to get stuff. Go ahead and make me the lore underworld. 18. 18. Why have you been quiet this entire time? Now somebody is speaking my language. Yes, I think if you continue to provide fish for our dock dumplings and maybe those fish have teeth, maybe after a while it would be worth our while to start bleaching them and selling them to tourists. Yes, I, I like that. Uh, I, you'll take the prize today. I'll have to talk to my boss to make sure we can set up such an agreement, but I think that could be mutually beneficial. If you really wanted, you could sell them with your dock dumplings too at some sort of special, get rid of that stock and raise those prices. It's almost like an attraction. Mm, well, the tourist group and the people that buy dock dumplings are pretty mutually exclusive, but maybe. Maybe not for long, but if we need to talk to your boss or something, when can we do that? 
No, it wouldn't be a conversation you'd have with him. I can bring him the details of the arrangement. But I'll need uh, an hour or so to go over the details. Do you want us to meet back here in an hour? Yes, uh, meet meet back here. That would be, he sighs, lovely. Through this door, or? Yes, well... If you knock three times, there's a there's a path around back. Uh, my office is the second door down that path. Watch your step; it's quite slick. We've had children fall over the side, but move in single file, and you'll be fine. Knock three times on the door. I'll let you in. Do not come a minute before. I will be busy. We'll see you then. I can't wait to start our business arrangement. So exciting. I think we have a bright future together, my friend. He's a little skeptical right now. I think uh, that this went well. It's It's obviously a partnership that benefits him greatly. However... It's not necessarily super believable that you would be willing to go through all the trouble to catch a jigsaw shark for three coppers. Does it look really obvious? Because I think I think that way Mir can start to plan the the right type of messaging to sell on why this is beneficial for us. That's where I just like. Does it look obvious that he's like, eh? Make me a perception check to sense motive. So I got a four on the die, but that does go to 11. He just seems happy to take the deal. I mean, we're, um, we just yesterday, um, drew a huge crowd and got a lot of money for the jigsaw fight type thing. Right. So it's like, we have these attractions. We got a fish afterwards that we don't know what to do with, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, and that's exactly right. Like that's, that's why I'm trying to think through because the last thing I want to say is that we earned a gold each from that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he say, like, like he's not really getting much. Why don't you make me another lore underworld? Yeah. Drawing a crowd does get us some. We don't have to talk specific. You know. Oh, 22. 22. That's a pretty good roll. Where's the 19 on the die? <laughs> you think that that kind of explanation would make it believable? You definitely think that linking yourselves to another big crime boss in old Corvosa is probably not a good idea. That's what I do not want to do. So you, with that check, you would know absolutely do not mention DeVargo or Eel's End. And Mir would do not do that out of sheer principle. <laughs> so are we going to start filing out? Or does he, go, does he go back in? He goes back in to the room. Okay. And at this point, you're observing these the the dog freaks out again when he opens the door. He kind of like holds it back, closes the door behind him. You hear him, Blue, get off, get off, leave, leave me be. And he, you hear another door open and close. And you're in this smelly, fishy room with these children. Uh, before he leaves, left, he would probably instruct you to take the uh, take the jaws out of the shark and throw 
the carcass into this uh, slop. Okay. Can someone cut the jaws out? Diego can try to finagle okay. the fish. Because sure. meanwhile, Mir would like to nudge Figgy a little bit and have Figgy distract the gnome just a little bit. And then Mir would like to cast... Um, now this is this would have to be GM allowed type of thing mm-hmm. because prestidigitation allows you to lift objects off the ground. So I'm thinking, can I help this kid by like trying to jostle some of the blockage? So this kid that's in the slop trying to move stuff around is. You think it's it's like too much slop, and the prestidigitation doesn't really work with like. I didn't know if there was like a, a ton couple of bulk. pieces it's, that like yeah. It's pretty plugged, and you know he's he's like going to the shoulder deep, oh, like trying uh, to push this stuff. Uh, but if you wanted Fiki to try and distract the gnome, you could certainly do that. Well, I was trying to distract the gnome so I could cast a spell to help this kid out. Could I maybe even do guidance? <laughs> I don't know. I could do guidance or something. It just know. it just looks like this kid is like. We'll eventually clear this up. Yeah, it just sucks. Okay, then I I could I still want Figgy to kind of run around the gnome a little bit, not too much, but just enough that maybe shows the shows its colors to the rest of the party. Sure. How do you direct Figgy to do that without being suspicious? Can I see if I could stealthily? nudge Figgy a little bit with my foot and then um, make a, a little hand motion like you know run around feet I don't know that he's intelligent enough to pick that up but as you're thinking about it you think you could certainly use a stealth to throw some earthworms at the feet of this perfect I usually have a, a pocket of worms yeah you could, I, you could throw some worms at the feet of this gnome and sorry. Figgy would probably go right for it I, you, I don't want to be a devil's advocate here but like we are about to leave so we could just leave and you could just say hey that dude was a gnome that's true I guess I just I kind of want to see if how I, I guess me personally I want to see how horrible this thing is willing to be in front of like others that gives, oh, sure. that gives yeah. Mir like an idea of how poorly they look poorly treated but like is this thing actively willing to... Should we feel bad when he, we inevitably kill this guy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Glossing over the fact that you have a pile of earthworms in your pocket. And that's a regular thing. I feel like that makes perfect sense. So does Devarga, apparently. Just a, just a small swarm. Um, <laughs> I did roll a 14 plus 2. I'm not very stealthy. So a 16 because I rolled well. 16 against his perception DC. He sees you toss it. What the hell? And Figgy trots up to him and starts and he's like and he takes his pitchfork and stabs it down at Figgy who's at his feet. Hey, mate! Uh... Excuse me? So what happens to Figgy? Let's see. How is a 24 to hit Figgy? Oh. That is not a critical. Okay. <laughs> this thing is horrible. This 
Six points of damage to Figgy. He stabs Figgy through the paw. Figgy's like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then he starts to growl. Mir grabs Figgy from the ground. Is that okay? Are we like gonna have to do initiative stuff? No, you can grab Figgy. The this quote unquote kid has a pitchfork raised at you. You are jogging. Take your pet and leave. Uh, Mir's not gonna say anything. She's gonna get the fuck out of there right now because uh, that was very uncalled for. That was very aggressive. Yeah, as we're walking out, Vec looks down at this this little guy. Big mistake, mate. Big mistake. And you leave. What are you doing for this hour in between? Healing Figgy for one. Absolutely. Yeah, if I key on my my curse, I can do it for free. Thank you. Just heal him up. So, all right, let me take a look at that paw, buddy. I'm I'm sorry what that nasty child did to you. I know you were just hungry. You you didn't mean nothing by it. (laughs) And so what Vec is going to do is use his uh his some of his focus spells the life link which um which you know after after refocusing i can just kind of spam and we have a full hour to do so yeah he can certainly heal him up no problem uh to do that that will key on my curse of outpouring of life so just like last night you see um the it looks like wind is starting to blow around him but the, the more perceptive of, of the group realize that it kind of looks like his hair is already starting to get a little longer from last night when he got a haircut and he's got a noticeable five o'clock shadow. What he's going to do is spend these focus points to burn the spells as he refocuses, then refocuses back up to one. Um, so the minor curse is in effect. And now I have a one focus point. Okay. Well, you, you, did you start with two? Yes. Couldn't you just burn one and refocus and just, I guess. Yeah, you could. Oh, yeah, I guess I could just yeah. do that. The focus, stu- the focus and refocusing stuff is weird. Yeah, you, you just burn more than one. You can only burn or you can only refocus one focus point right. ever. Right. So it only, if, you, if you burn two in a row without refocusing, then your new focus total becomes one instead of two. Correct. Diego will turn to Mir questioningly. Do all the children in this city work in conditions like this? This is... I don't know if that's a normal thing or not. I would know that it's not really, right? You would know that it's sadly fairly common based off of all the kids you see coming into your shop late at night needing fixed up. I have to say... I don't. I haven't seen many of them working myself, but I have definitely know that it happens, and it's not that uncommon. But one of those wasn't a kid. I wonder which one. The one that stabbed Figgy. Yeah, that rat bastard. And it didn't look too happy at that other child. In fact, that's why that kid put down his pitchfork. Hmm. There's nothing good afoot if he's disguising himself as a child. I I wonder why, though. That's interesting. 
I generally distrust adults that dress up as children. Make that a habit. I don't like it. We gotta get... We gotta get rid of that... Gnome or... I don't know, halfling. We gotta get rid of him. And he hurt Figgy. <laughs> we should also get a better look at this place while we have some time to make sure we don't have any other surprises. Yeah, we'll walk around. Mm-hmm. Do some perceptions. Yeah, so if you walk around this area, you could head down that part of the dock that leads down to just above the water. That door is clearly locked. Going around the building, Yargen had said this small five-foot-wide pier is pretty slick. So actually, if you want to walk down it to keep looking, I would need uh, an acrobatics check to balance. Mir is happy to walk and perceive... I don't know if anybody else is good at uh, acrobatics, but I would imagine Sylvie's pretty good. Yeah, she'll keep <laughs> keep going and taking a further look. Diego will follow too. If it's all the same, I may stay on shore because my acrobatics is trash and I don't want to have to do this more than once. So we're going to have to do it again anyway. So I, and I my perception's bad, so it's not like I'm going to contribute. Yeah, I got a 24 on the acrobatics and then I got a 20 on the perception. 24 on the acrobatics allows you to move full speed. 20 on the perception. You see the door on this side of the building like you expected. And you see that there's a ship along the back. The ship is like completely de- decrepit. It looks like if it wasn't lashed to the dock, it may sink. And it's called the Kraken's Folly. You can see that on the side. Mm. Diego got a natural 20 on the acrobatics check, so he's following, too. Cool. Sylvie got an 8. eight no! Three. Yep. Oh, you failed. Oh! Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvie, you're you, supposed to be you the don't, best I rolled a 1. You don't oh. fall, but you, you can't move quickly along the surface, so you're basically moving half speed, like, taking up the rear. Diego, it's creaking really loudly underneath your weight. Oh no. Make a Oh, what would this be? Oh, Chris, why did you have to build your character so thick? Yeah, why are you so big, man? Listen, he's just he he just came to me as a dummy thick character idea concept. That's it. <laughs> Can be a dream. I don't know if it makes sense that it's stealth. It only it almost feels like another actor no, I think it would be a crafting check for oh. anybody that has it. I'm not trained in that, nope. so I may be oblivious. I am also untrained in crafting. Okay. Coming from 1E, I didn't realize how important crafting was in 2E. Same. So I did not think through this. <laughs> yeah, crafting is kind of eerie because notice that there's not really a knowledge engineering anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I started to look into it now that like we've been playing you know what four sessions but and the mosquito witch i was also after that i started to look into it and i really think we we have to have definitely a talk at the next level up on how or the next time we can add any sort of skills on how we can get crafting because it's got a lot of good stuff yeah keys off of intelligence correct it does yes yeah so that would be a good one for sylvia well if nobody can roll on it 
suffice to say that this feels rickety and you think if you stay in one spot here you might end up wet okay if that's the sense he gets Diego will continue moving and not stopping until he gets to a more stable place sure before you actually get to the boat you you still perceive that it's called the Kraken's Folly and everything but Yargin would open his door at this point and say, What exactly do you think you're doing? Our meeting is not for another 45 minutes. I said, do not arrive early. That ship is off limits. Now, you said it was the second door, so we were trying to see if we knew exactly where it was, so we were on time and ready. But I actually only saw the one door, so we just kept going. That's very fair. On the side of the map... I only see one door. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> only one a, door. I suppose that is a window, not a door. <laughs> Might be. Come through the window in an hour. I meant the first door. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> he sloshes back into his room now. I mean, I, I think regardless of that, you need to make a diplomacy check. Damn, no child labor laws and you can just drink on the job? This is my kind of city. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I rolled a seven for a seven. I'm sorry I couldn't be here. I, I, can't, I can't risk that acrobatics check and fall in the water. He pulls something out of his belt. I'm going to need you to leave the premises. This will reflect poorly on negotiations with my boss. Guys, maybe we just leave and come back later. <laughs> That's what, exactly what I was saying. We, th- what I was thinking, we should leave. Alright, we'll, we'll see you in 45 minutes. <laughs> right? Yep, and you all need to make acrobatics checks. Natural 19! 24. 22 with a 17 on the die. 24 this time. Sure, yeah, you can all move full speed back. We get back to the, the land with Beck. <laughs> they go turns to Beck. Mm. Good news is we found out where we need to go. Bad news is you're going to have a tougher time making a deal. Aw, oh, man, what you do? Mm. I think the word for it is trespassing. <laughs> all right, fair, you got caught. Just work that silver tongue of mine, see what it can do. Guy already kind of doesn't like me up against the ropes, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. So you wait the 45 minutes somewhere in Midlands, whiling the time away, and come back. When you arrive back, there is a burly-looking half-orc with a flail in his hand. Heard you were causing trouble. <laughs> Yargin wanted me to make sure nobody gets hurt when you come back. Just know I'll be watching you. <laughs> That's fantastic, mate, because what I heard was this was a brickety dock. Would you mind helping me over? <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> I'll help you over the edge. If that's what you like. I like you, that's clever. I wish I would have thought of that one. Well, catch me if I fall then, make me that promise. (laughs) 
Hey, sharks will get to you first. I mean, I got a cat man that's very good at catching sharks. It'd be quite a scene. I'm not quite interested in talking to you. Why don't you get along with your business? All right. I'll, I'll get that sometimes. He <laughs> cracks his knuckles and tightens his grip on his flail. All right. Uh, make my way down the dock with the rest of the crew. Making my way down dock. Rolling aggro check. Rolling that low, falling down to the water. All right. Hey, that 18. <laughs> I nice. needed that so bad. How's everybody else doing? 13. 13. All right, you fail. I got a 12 on the die, plus 5 will put me at 17. 25. Sylvie's skipping. Sure, so. <laughs> Diego is taking his time. Everybody makes it past him, and he's at the back of the group. Vec knocks three times on the door. Wait, if you're scared and about to fall, do like you do the cat thing where like your claws come out, like steady yourself. You know, how cats do that. Yes, I do. all his hairs. I love it. Up. <laughs> you knock three times, and after a moment, the same greasy, velvet-jacketed man opens the door. This time. He has a piece of parchment in his hand. Well, come in. He sits down behind his desk and motions for you all to enter the room. Is there any seating for us? No. Okay. (laughs) We will stand awkwardly around his desk. This is called the power move. He mutters to himself. (laughs) (laughs) I am a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Yagin. Well, I heard my friends got around to sneaking about. I I heard what happened. There's an honest mistake. They got confused. They wanted to scope the place out, make sure they had the right door. I understand that this may reflect poorly on us as a group, but I hope that we can work past that with very little bumps in the road. I think what we're going to create here is a very beautiful friendship. Maybe it starts a little rocky, but we'll work through it as all friends do. Yes, so my boss had some questions about the legitimacy of your operation. You've never come to us before. By all measure, you're not fishermen. And I caught you trespassing on our property. He has a mind that I should have you fed to the sharks. What exactly is your business here? Now, I disagree that we should be fed to the sharks, and I'd like to convince you otherwise. Here's what's actually happening here. Let's get... I think truth amongst friends is the most valuable thing that friends can share. So, where to begin? Well, a few days ago, I made a good friend. My friend here, he goes by the name Diego. It's big, burly catman. Catman eat fish, right? So, I start talking to my barber, you know, while she's trimming me up. You can see that I'm in need of a shave right now. We'll have to schedule that at some point soon. However... That's neither here nor there. She mentions that she has some friends. Some friends that can offer us 
a good place to put on a show. A show where my cat friend can pull fish out of the water. So, we get together with our friend Sylvie here because she's a silver-tongued fox here and she knows all the rich I folk. I haven't really heard her say anything interesting. <laughs> he turns to Sylvie. <laughs> Mir speaks up. Actually, she makes the nets real good. Really good at nets. Indeed. So. Mm, and she's associated with rich people. How? I don't know. Wealth? Something I don't have. I don't ask a whole ton of questions, but she just brings people. People like looking at her. People like being around her. People like talking to her. She helps bring in a crowd. I'm, I hold this whole operation together. And we have some exclusive fishing rights. So, this man over here points to Diego, pulls fish out of the water. It's a big fight, mate. You see this shark tore into my friend last night and people went crazy. These rich folk, they like to see blood. They like to see things crazy that they can't get anywhere else but old Corvosa. And so, we've got ourselves a very particular very unique business opportunity where we make some cash. Basically, pimping out my friend here in a show per se. We make some money, but then we got fish left over. What are we going to do with the fish? Throw them back in? That seems wasteful. Then I remember. I remember that I'm not a rich man, and sometimes I eat dark dumplings. Make a perception check. Okay. Everyone? Everyone. Twelve. I'm... Talking out my ass very distracted. 22. 21. Love this time. I, I only rolled an 11 this time for an 18. Diego, you, you're closest to the door. You hear movement behind this door running down the plank. Running. Running. Sylvie, you hear movement uh, and you hear the dog like low growling coming from the other side of the room. And Yargin stands up while Vec is blathering. Well, I had to ask my boss what we should do with you nine lives now that you've graced us with your presence. And he told me, kill him. Diego drew Roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, is it the perception oh, check that we just did? Use your perception check if you rolled one, otherwise... Vec can use diplomacy because that's what he was in the middle of doing. Boy, to disguise myself, I truly was about to stick the landing with something great. I, yeah, you were, you were like, you were running, you were down, building something, running down the path. You're flipping around, and I think with initiative rolled, I'm gonna hold off on hearing what everybody got. Those of you that uh, that had to do another roll, and we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Next time! Oh my god, it's going down! So many people! The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.